Hey friends, welcome to the Make Life Matter podcast. I'm Angela Donatio, and each week I share compelling conversations with leading voices. They encourage us to ground our worth in the word instead of the narrative of the world. Together we'll make our lives matter no matter what. Here's this week's episode. What if this Christmas we give ourselves the gift of enhancing God's call on our life? Well, before we get into today's episode, I want to share with you about the Assemblies of God Theological Seminary. Embedded in Evangel University, AGTS is a leading Pentecostal seminary that specializes in personalizing the deep spiritual truths found in the Word of God and applying them to practical ministry. AGTS is committed to making their programs as accessible and affordable as possible, and they've dropped their tuition costs by more than 50% for all master's programs. As a student in their Master of Leadership and Ministry program, I can confidently say that God is using this resource that I am receiving at AGTS to work in and through my work for the kingdom. If God is calling you to take your ministry to the next level, then I encourage you to visit agts.edu to learn how the experienced scholars at AGTS can equip and empower you for Christ-centered service. Here's this week's conversation with Asherita Chuchu. Do you feel too busy to pray? Then you are invited to find rest in God's loving presence. And today's guest, Asherita Chuchu, offers you a respite from your spiritual to-do list. Amen. I need that. In her new book, Prayers of Rest, 365 Prompts to Hear God's Voice. Asherita is a best-selling author. She's a national speaker, and she's the host of the Prayers of Rest podcast. She's the founder of One Thing Alone Ministries, an online ministry that helps women all over the world find joy in Jesus through creative and consistent time in God's word. Asherita grew up in Romania as a missionary's kid, and she studied English and women's ministry at Cedarville University. She's married to her high school sweetheart, and together they raised their three spunky kids in Ohio. Welcome, Asherita. I'm so excited to have you here on the podcast. Oh, Angela, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, I got a chance to meet you. We were actually roommates for a Beth Moore event mm-hmm. that we went to. And it was wonderful. And uh, so I feel like I know you already, but I'm so excited to sit down and get to know you just in a deeper way today. And you might be new to some of our guests, you know, our listeners today that you might be new to them. So I want to just talk first about Romania. I had the joy of ministering in Romania a few years ago, loved it. And you grew up there. So maybe just share a little bit about your early story with us and what that was like and how that kind of framed out your life. Sure. Well, um, it's a long story. I'll try to make it short, but, um, (laughs) Both my parents grew up in Romania and my dad pastored a few churches in the underground church in Romania Mm. during communism in the 1980s. And because of persecution, they had to leave Um, the way that we even were able to make it out of there is like a story of God's miraculous protection and his provision. Um, And I say we, even though my mom was like six months pregnant with me at the time. (laughs) So um, I was born in Greece on route to the United States. And we lived here in the U.S. for a handful of years um, until we finally went back to Romania um, as missionaries to the gypsies. And you asked how that impacted me. Um, It was like watching the book of Acts come to life. Really? Uh, Just the way that the Holy Spirit worked in powerful ways to transform families and communities, um, watching people just who had always struggled with addiction or, um, gambling, like alcoholism, all these different sins that seemed to hold them captive. Mm. Uh, the power of the gospel breaks those chains. Um, and, and it was so neat to see hundreds of people come to know Jesus for the first time, Mm. um, being baptized in the river, like we would have public baptisms and, um, because of some racial tension and segregation, um, gypsy communities were outside other like Romanian villages or, um, towns. And so we would like walk through the heart of the village on our way to the river Mm. and people would just join in to see like, what's this parade about? What's this procession about? And, um, such an incredible testimony, to the community around there that here are people who are surrendering their lives to Jesus Mm. and he's making a difference in their lives. Um, that just for me, it made Jesus come 
to life in, in a personal way. Like this isn't just God who was um, involved in ancient people's lives. <laughs> this yeah. isn't just the Jesus who walked on earth 2000 years ago. Um, this is his spirit alive and at work in his church today. Mm. Um, and so from a young age, I was like, sign me up. Like, this yeah. is it. This is all I ever want to do for the rest of my life. Oh, thank you for sharing that. And I've been involved in a lot of international ministry and travel and I, it does really change you. I mean, it's, I wish that that is always our experience just here living in the West, but it's, it's just not. And so I love hearing how that framed your early life. How long did you live there? Most of your About 10 years, 10 years. 10 years. Okay. Yeah. Seven to 17. Yeah. I mean, you're Romanian. And so that's just, mm-hmm. it's beautiful. And, uh, and I thank you for sharing that and, and just seeing how God's used you in so many ways. Have you been back since you live there? Um, I went back in college a few times. My husband, okay. I actually met my husband in, um, summer camp in fifth grade in Romania. He's also okay. Romanian. Um, and then he joined me here for school for a little bit. We went back to get married, but I've not been back mm. since 2010. Okay. So, um, yeah, we're due a visit here soon. I'm hoping we can take the whole family over next year. Oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah. So your kids can see where both mm-hmm. of you are from and, and hear all the stories and, well, God has used you in so many different ways. And, and we could talk about a lot of different things today, but I want to lean into the book. Um, that's your newest book. You do have a brand new book that just came out and we'll talk about that in just a minute, but prayers of rest has been such a, a needed resource, especially, I just feel like coming out of the season of the pandemic and so much chaos and uncertainty, it just feels like such a stable stake in the ground. It's something that I've been using every morning now as a part of my quiet time and my Bible reading, I like to read your devotions, your prayer prompts out loud. That's been um, just the way that I've been able to experience them maybe because our mind wanders when we pray. And (laughs) so an added bonus for me is like, just read it out loud. It's so hard to let your mind wander when you're Mm -hmm. engaging with scripture or with prayer out loud. But, you know, someone might be listening thinking, yeah, well, she must just have hours and hours on hands (laughs) to be able to write a book on prayer. So I wanted to start off by saying you're a ministry leader. You're a mom, you have several children, you're a wife. And so you understand how the day's worries and demands can often distract us from conversation with God. And sometimes then we're left wondering why we're not hearing from him. And it happens to all of us. So there's no judgment here. So if you're a prayer warrior and you pray three hours a day, or if you're struggling to get three minutes in, I want you to just lean in because we can all grow in this area. And maybe we've grown up hearing about prayer, but maybe our theology of prayer is a little bit distorted or confusing. And I feel like Asherita kind of cuts through all of that. So this was birthed a little bit out of some prayer calls that happened during the pandemic. So share a little bit about that, how you could sense this was a need among women, especially, and how prayer has become so foundational in your life. Well, I mean, before recognizing it's a need in someone else's life, it was just a desperation in my own life. Um, We were, I think, maybe two weeks into the lockdown in March of 2020. um, And our Our kids had been sent home. Um, I have three kids, ages nine and under. I mean, they were even younger then. Um, My husband was working from home. I was still trying to make progress on my own work projects and Mm. and writing things. Um, And on top of that, there's all the like political tension and the the uncertainty of like, how long is this going to last? And Mm. people viewing it differently, like some people being offended if if you don't see them, other people being afraid if you want to go see them. Um, There's so much relational tension happening. Mm. Um, And in our own church, we were going through um, some interesting times as well. And so it just felt like a lot. (laughs) It was Um, a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. And and I am an introvert at heart. I love my husband. I love my kids. And I also love my alone time. And there was just not very much time or space to be alone. Um, and so Angela, I remember I was standing at the kitchen sink um, and the kids are in the living room arguing over whose turn it is. And my husband's upstairs in a conference call. He needs quiet. And the kids are screaming at the top of their lungs. And I'm like, what am I going to make for dinner again? Yeah. And it just got to the point where um, I felt like my heart started racing. My palms got sweaty Um, And it felt like I was getting tunnel vision, like it was getting black from the outsides coming in. And 
I freaked out. I was like, I have no idea what's happening to my body right now, but it feels like my body's betraying me. Like mm. what is happening? Um, and, and my breath was coming in really shallow. And so I like made my way to the laundry room and shut the door behind me. That was like the only place in the house where I could find some, some quiet. Mm. And I slid down to the floor and started sobbing and saying, God, I can't do this anymore. Mm. I can't do this anymore. And in retrospect, Dr. Google says that I was having a panic attack. Yeah, I was about to say that's <laughs> um, a full-blown panic attack. Wow. I had never experienced one before, mm-hmm. um, but there was just this overwhelming sense of, I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. And in fact, that was the soundtrack in my mind over and over again. Mm-hmm. I had no words to pray. I had no ability to even express to God what I need. <laughs> All I could say was, I can't do this anymore over and over and over again. And uh, it just felt like I was spiraling my way into this dark abyss. Um, And in that place of desperation and darkness and helplessness, um, God reached out and grabbed a hold of me with these words, God is our refuge and strength a very present help in time of trouble. Mm. And I'd memorized those words years ago. Um, And as the Holy Spirit does, he will bring to mind what we need exactly when we need it. Yes. And there was that, that just beautiful truth. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. Mm. And I thought, yes, Lord, but I can't do this anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but... I can't do this anymore. Uh, And and again, the reminder of scripture, God is our refuge and strength. And again, my mind saying, I can't do this anymore. And it was probably a good five or 10 minutes of um, God's word becoming louder and louder as he Mm. spoke truth over me. Mm. The voice of doubt and despair getting quieter and quieter as it was being silenced by God's voice until finally what was left was God is my refuge and he is my strength and he is with me here in this time of trouble. And as my heart rate started settling down and my breathing evened out. And I was like, okay, (laughs) all right, I'm going to be okay. I don't know exactly what the future holds, but God is here and he is present and he holds tomorrow. But also Angel, I became so hyper aware of the reality that I'm not going to make it through another three weeks of lockdown Mm. or another six months of my husband working from home or the foreseeable future of um, tension in our relationship. Like I'm not going to make it Mm. if I do not make God my refuge. If I do not set aside intentional time to seek God's presence, to be with him before my household wakes up, because once they wake up, it's we're done. <laughs> like it's nonstop go, go, go. Um, and, and for one of the first times in my life, prayer became this desperate need, this hunger, this, I desire time in God's presence because I'm so aware of how much I need it because otherwise next week I'm going to be having another panic attack and I'll be here in the laundry room again. Like my soul needs rest in God. Mm. So I, I was like, okay, that, that means I need to wake up before my kids wake up. (laughs) And, um, knowing me, I probably won't wake up on my own. And so I invited my community on Instagram to join me. I said, I'm going to go live every morning at 7am for a half hour of prayer. If you want to join me, you're welcome to. And Angela, my alarm went off the next morning. And my first thought was like, why did I think this was a good idea? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) All my friends are staying up and watching Netflix and like sleeping in and enjoying the like lack of structure and routine that Mm. we're having now. And here I am waking up at (laughs) 6am. why? Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and yet, because I promised, right. There's accountability, the, the public yeah, <laughs> accountability. Was piece. Was yeah. Uh, I pulled up Instagram and right before I hit go live, I wondered like, is anyone even going to show up? 
Mm-hmm. Like, what if I embarrass myself? What if no one's there? Like all the what ifs, right? Yeah. I, and in retrospect, we can hear the lies of the enemy. We can, mm-hmm. we can hear how uh, he's so sneaky to attack us in so many ways. Um, but again, because I'd made that public promise, I was like, you know what? Even if no one else shows up, I know I need it. I need this time in prayer. Um, and so I hit go live and started praying. And um, a few dozen, I want to say that first day, it was probably about 30 women that joined live mm. um, and hundreds more on replay day after day um, from around the world saying, we need this yeah. <laughs> like in my own life. I recognize I need this. Mm. I'm spending time resting in God's presence, spending time filling our minds with scripture, with God's truth to combat the lies, uh, resting on the promises of God so Mm. that when our kids do wake up, when we do get on like the eighth Zoom call of the day, when we feel like, oh, we need to make yet another meal for the kids, we have spent time resting in God's presence. And so we were filled up to pour out. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, we met live for prayer calls for eight weeks. Um, and the testimonies that came from the women who joined us live, it was just incredible to hear how, um, God's perfect peace that passes all understanding guarded their hearts and their minds in Christ Jesus mm-hmm. in the midst of a global pandemic, we experienced peace and rest like few people did mm. uh, not because we figured it out, but because we made God our refuge mm. and our strength. And he was present with us in time of trouble. So powerful, Ashley. There's so much great truth there. And that's one of your very early devotions, uh, prompts. I keep wanting to call them devotions, but prayer prompts in the book is God is our refuge. I wrote in the margin, looked up what the word refuge means, a safe place, a shelter, security, which we felt none of that during that season. But it's so critical as you're describing that now that life is somewhat back to normal or new normal or however you want to describe it, we can still just kind of relegate God to the margins of our life and relegate prayer somewhere to the back burner instead of realizing that this has to be a consistent rhythm of my life. It has to be a non-negotiable I love you framing it as rest rather than the sense of, I have to do this or a duty or a striving. You're intentionally kind of countering that with, no, it's resting in God. It's finding a place of rest. And for you, it was a catalyst of, of you sitting there having a panic attack saying, I can't live like this. You're often a catalyst moment that comes into our life that shifts the way we are setting up these rhythms or our priorities Maybe as people are listening, some, it may just feel so natural to pray, but for those of us that really struggle, especially maybe with focus, what encouragement do you have for them? Uh, You're not alone. (laughs) I think we all think everyone else must have a fantastic prayer life, except me. I must be the only one who struggles with this. And let me tell you. Yeah, that's another lie, right? That you were talking about combating. Right. Yeah. And, and let me tell you, I grew up in a Christian family, like from a young age, I was taught how to pray from a young age. I've loved Jesus. Mm. I've prayed for as long as I like, as soon as I was able to speak, my parents taught me how to pray. Um, and yet I still struggle with focus and prayer. Uh, it, it's, I think part of living in our 21st century lives where it's so fast paced information is coming at us so quickly. We're constantly getting these dopamine hits from notifications on our phone from like the next exciting thing that, um, it, for us to make time to be quiet and to be still Mm. is foreign for many of us. And, and so I think we need to treat it as a new skill that we're trying to learn and develop. I think we need to um, be understanding with ourselves that it will take time and we can start small. In fact, that's one of the things I say in the beginning of the book, like whenever you start a new habit, whether it's healthy eating or an exercise program or wanting to read the Bible or wanting to pray, um, we learn from contemporary brain science that you need to start small. Yeah, You need to make your habit small. And we'll talk more about that 
component of like, oh, I'm so distracted when we get to stillness, because that's the part where I feel like my mind is prone to wander. Um, And so there's some practical things that we can do, but if you're listening to this right now and you're, you're in that space of um, judgment and condemnation and feeling like, oh, I should have a stronger prayer life. I've been a Christian for 20 years. Like I should have this figured out by now. Mm. Um, let me just encourage you that that is not the voice of Jesus. <laughs> that is the voice of the one who, uh, is the accuser, uh, that that's the name. Satan is the accuser, the one who stands against us and, and the voice of the accuser will keep you far from God. Yeah. Um, instead, what we find uh, Jesus' voice in Matthew eleven twenty eight, he says, "Come to me, mm. all you who are weary and heavy burdened." I mean, just pause and consider that right now. Yeah. Weary and heavy burdened, mm. and I will give you rest. That is Jesus' invitation to us. It's not a to do list. It's not a self help program. It's not a new spiritual discipline. <laughs> he is inviting us to Himself mm. and He wants to give us rest. Mm. That's so powerful. Let's talk about the acronym REST, why you came up with it. You mentioned stillness just a second ago because this is built around really these. Um, four components. It's an acronym. So can you share that with us? And then we'll kind of deep dive into a couple of those for a minute. Sure. So um, the highlights are R-E-S-T. It's an acronym because I'm a word nerd and um, (laughs) that's how (laughs) I remember what comes next. Um, So the R stands for recite God's goodness. Uh, We remind ourselves who God is and what he's done Mm. um, by either praying scripture and looking at that verse and saying, what does this teach me about God? What can I praise him for? Mm. What is true about him here? Or if we're going through a difficult situation, like that kitchen sink example, um, pausing right then to recite God's goodness to say, okay, what is true about God right now? Mm. Is that he's present. He's still here. He hasn't abandoned us. He's still in control. He's still on the throne. He's still king. So we pause to remember to recite God's goodness. That's the R in rest. The E stands for express your neediness. Mm. So taking a moment to share with God, um, the, the burdens on your heart, the hurt that you're going through, the sins that he is convicting you of, um, just laying it all out before him in full honesty (laughs) because he knows it already. Yes. But he invites us to release those burdens, to express our needs to him in order to receive what it is he wants to give to us. Um, If we're praying through scripture, this might look at like looking at the verse and saying, okay, what does this reveal about my own heart, about my own need for God? Is there sin that I need to confess here? Or does this put into words, maybe you're praying through Psalms. Does this put into words a struggle in my own heart, uh, a hurt or hard emotions that I'm going through? Um, that I just love that the creator of the world <laughs> who holds everything together invites us to come to him mm-hmm. and to bring him even the smallest details of our day. What a privilege that we get to express our needs to him. Mm. So the R is recite God's goodness. The E is express your neediness. The S stands for seek his stillness. Um, And Angela, this is the part that is different with the REST acronym compared to some other prayer acronyms that we might be familiar with. Um, Because what I found in my prayer life, uh, pre-COVID is that I would make time to pray and I would talk, 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 tell God all the things and then say, okay, God, that was a great chat. Thanks. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Obviously not that flippantly, but, but there's a sense of prayer means talking. Mm. And, um, I found myself 2018, 2019, um, in a season of intense ministry, Mm. Um, writing and speaking and loving my husband and pouring into my children and studying the word and also writing studies on the word and doing all the things yeah. and thinking, why am I so tired all mm. the time? Mm. Why am I struggling to sense God's presence in my life? Like, I feel like I'm doing all the things, but I, where's the rest? Where's the rest that Jesus promises? 
Mm. And, and that's really the shift that happens when we seek his stillness is that we make time to just become aware of God's loving presence around us and within us. It's making time to be quiet and still and say, God, is there anything that you want to say to me about this passage, about this relationship, about this project, about this struggle? God, I'm here. I'm, I'm listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's such a beautiful pause to remind us that God doesn't love us for what we've done. Mm-hmm. He loves us because he created us. Yes. And because we have value because of Jesus. And so we can just be and be loved. And that is like a soul exhale. Mm. Oh, just such a beautiful time to be with him in stillness. Mm -hmm. So the R is recite God's goodness. The E is express your neediness. The S is seek his stillness. And the T is trust his faithfulness. And this is when we um, wrap up our time of prayer by reminding our own hearts of the truth of the gospel, that God is faithful, that he Mm. is who he said he is, and he will do what he said he will do in the world and in our own lives too. Mm. And so whatever is in our life that we now need to commit to him or whatever he's called us to surrender to him, or maybe in this time of prayer, as you've been still still with him, he's um, placed on your heart, the next step of obedience. Mm. Uh, This is your time to trust him, to be faithful, that he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. Mm. And so the pressure is off. You don't have to hustle. You don't have to try to impress God. Mm. He is the one who is doing the work. We are invited to rest in him. And as we rest in him, he will produce his fruit in us. Mm. Jesus says in John 15, that If you abide in me, if you remain in me, that word is very close to rest. Mm. If you are with me and I in you, abide in me and you will bear much fruit. Mm. And so the good work that God does in our lives, he's the one doing it. (laughs) And so we can rest in that assurance. We can wrap up our time of prayer just with this relief that God is at work, that he will do it. Even as we commit to walk in obedience, uh, he's the one who is living and working and loving through us. Mm. And so anytime throughout the day when you're tempted to worry about the same thing again, or when you're struggling with the same emotion again, um, you come back to that rest acronym. You come back to trusting that he's doing work in you. Mm. uh, And that is the way of rest. Mm, It's beautiful. It's a wonderful frame. I have loved working through it. Let's go back to stillness for a second, because yeah. you mentioned earlier that for me, I'll be honest, that is a place of struggle. You immediately realize, even if I'm praying out loud and I'm trying to stay totally focused and not distracted, I get to the stillness and, you know, five seconds of crickets and you're ready. You know, you just, we're just, <laughs> our culture is hardwired to help, to hustle. It's just very hard to sit and be still and to wait and have silence and not have noise and not have mental clutter and not have. And if we do, sometimes I need a post-it note, or I just jot the things down that are coming into my brain and let that out so that I don't just get fixated or think, Oh, I'm not gonna remember that later. You know, that's fine to do that. But when we find ourselves struggling in the stillness part of this, what tips do you have for us to not let that become a frustration, but to push through maybe what might feel uncomfortable until it becomes more of a natural rhythm for us? Yeah. So two things. One is I think reframing how we think about those distractions. Okay. Um, because this is where we're, we're listening to the voice of condemnation, right? That we're praying, we're trying to be quiet now and still. Mm. And then I think about like, oh, I need to pull the meat out of the freezer <laughs> to yeah. defrost so I can make dinner, right? Uh, and then we beat ourselves up. Oh, I, I should be able to just be quiet, be still. Um, I love what you do with the post-it note. 
Um, but taking it one step further, I found it helpful to reframe those distractions in stillness into prayer prompts. That's great. So if something comes to mind, mm -hmm. uh, here's, here's what's happening. Our lives are so full of noise. From the yes. moment we wake up, we pick up our phone, we scroll through the feed, we're bombarded by information and by noise that our own thoughts and feelings is being stuffed down. Mm. There's no time for us to actually deal with what's going on in our souls because sure. we're always listening to other input from, from the outside. And so we're, when we finally make time to be still, those things start coming to the surface. Mm. Those things that um, at first they might be to-do lists, right? Oh, I need to remember to buy a birthday gift for so-and-so, or, oh, I need to switch the laundry over from the washer to the dryer. Uh, those are things that go on, on your little post-it note. I love that. I do that myself. Um, but turn those into prayer prompts then. Yes. And so the meat that needs pulled out of the freezer, God, thank you that, that you are the one who provides. Mm -hmm. Thank you that I have the privilege of, uh, making healthy meals for my family. Yeah. The birthday gift you need to buy, God, thank you for that friend. Thank you that you provide resources. Uh, help me to be a good friend in this coming year. Help me to be a blessing in her life, right? Mm -hmm. So one way to do this, one is reframing it. Okay, that distraction actually serves as a prompt. In yes. um, and so what I learned to do is um, it's called palms up, palms down. I learned this from someone else. And so you take that distracting thought, you just picture yourself like grabbing it with both hands and then palms down, you're going to put it in God's hands. You say, God, I give this over to you. Mm -hmm. I am a terrible gift buyer and I have so much anxiety around getting the right gift to like communicate to my friend how special she is to me. God, would you take that anxiety? I'm just going to put it in your hands. Uh, thank you that that you've given me this friend. Thank you that I don't have to worry about that, that our friendship is so much more than the gift I'm going to get. Mm. And then palms up, receive from God, anything he might want to give you mm. in stillness, just be still with him. I've had this happen, Angela, where he will bring to mind a random gift idea. And I'm like, I have no idea where that came from, but God, thank you. <laughs> Cause I forgot she loves Harry Potter. Oh. And I just saw that add up for Harry Potter socks or whatever, you know, just something yeah. that randomly pops into mind. It, it's God communicating to us. Mm. Uh, and so I'll receive that. I'll say, God, thank you for that. And then I'll go back to stillness. Mm. And then another thought pops up. Oh, that bill needs paid. So I'm going to grab it palms down. I'm going to put it in God's hands. God, mm. you know, our needs, you are the one who provides, uh, God, would you give us wisdom to steward our finances well mm. and then palms up god is there anything you want to give me in this time and maybe it's just the reassurance that he's the one who owns the cattle on a thousand hills and he's the one who will take care of his children and you receive that and then you go back to stillness mm. and you make this a practice again start small start with maybe a minute of stillness then move on to two minutes three minutes and the more frequently you practice this, I, I would even encourage listeners to try praying through the rest format, practicing stillness with God in prayer uh, one, two, three times a day at, at different intervals, mm -hmm. because the more we start doing this, the more we process the things that come to the surface, mm -hmm. the quieter our minds become. Amen. And sometimes our silence and prayer speaks louder than our words. True. So true. Such a powerful um, frame around our prayer. And I think if someone's listening and they're thinking, uh, maybe for me, when I hear stillness, I, I know what you mean by that, but I feel like there have been times I've had people challenge like, Oh, you're just emptying your mind. And that's just, and you're nodding. If you're, if you're not watching, she's nodding. She knew where I was going quickly. Because it, you can immediately maybe draw some parallel to Eastern mysticism or, and what Ash Rita is advocating for is not the emptying of our mind that is taught in Eastern mysticism, because that is for the purpose of emptying. We're talking about, and I'll let you, maybe I'll just, maybe I'll just throw that to you and say, not give my own answer to that, because I do have strong thoughts about it, but I, what, how is this different? Maybe you can say it that way. And to put to ease anyone who might be thinking, oh, that feels too much like meditation means this and stillness means this. You know, some of those words have been hijacked by Eastern mysticism and, and, and we, 
there's a much healthier way that we can be thinking about some of that biblically, what those words actually do mean. So maybe you immediately nodded. So I'm sure you understand where that um, kind of pushback might've come from. So help us to know how this is different. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up because um, that was my perception for so long. That's why I avoided (laughs) any like practice of stillness because I was like, Mm. I'd heard from other people. Oh no, that's Eastern. That's like, you don't want to go there because it can be dangerous. Um, And, and my, whenever I'm grappling with something like this, uh, our first response should be, what does God say? Mm. What does God's word say? Yeah. Um, And what we find in scripture again and again is God's invitation to stillness. Mm. Psalm 46 verse 10, the same Psalm that, that God used to speak to me in that laundry room moment. When you jump down to verse 10, he says, be still Mm. and know that I am God. Yeah. Uh, Throughout the Psalms, there's this word Selah that means pause. Be quiet. Just be still. Mm. Um, There's a verse in Isaiah, I believe, where God is chiding his people and he's saying in in repentance and in quietness and then rest is your salvation. But you would have none of it. Mm. And so, okay, knock yourselves out. Do all the things. But I'm not in that. But we see uh, when he talks about fasting, the type of fast that he requires, that he wants, is not where we do all the things. He is looking for those hearts who, um, the hearts that are quiet and broken before him, mm. and, and then move on to show his love to other people as well. Right. Oh, it, in the New Testament, you think about uh, Jesus inviting his disciples. Uh, they'd just come back from their epic mission trip and they did all the things and they right. cast out the demons and so many people listened. And Jesus said, okay, come away for a while. Mm. Come away with me and get some rest, right. get some stillness. Right. Uh, this is not about emptying our minds so that we think of nothing. Right. This is about centering our minds on God. That's good. Focusing our hearts and our attention on him. It is about meditating on scriptural truth. Yes. uh, Becoming aware of God's presence. Uh, Scripture says that if you belong to God, he has placed his Holy Spirit on your heart as a deposit, as a down payment of what is to come. And so his Holy Spirit in us, within us, around us, uh, that is a reality at work, but too often we're too busy to even be aware of God's presence. Uh, We're too busy listening to the soundtracks of our own minds at the input from our phones and media to even listen and hear God's voice. And in the cacophony of noise around us, we won't hear God's still small voice because Elijah knew that it wasn't in the fire. It wasn't in the earthquake. It wasn't in the wind. It was in the still small voice. Mm. And so when we make time in stillness to be with God, to be still with him, to listen to him, we train our hearts to recognize his voice Mm. so that when we go out into the busyness, into uh, our day, into our communities, into the the busy household, we will have our ears trained to hear his voice with us. Mm. I think of, um, and with this, I'll wrap it. Obviously I'm a little passionate about this, but I love it. No, (laughs) I'm glad. Thank you Um, for sharing that. I've known my husband for over 20 years and, um, I have spent hours and hours listening to his voice. Mm. I know the exact timber I know the the way that his his uh, tone will go up and down when he's talking, mm-hmm. and so when we're in a a busy space uh, in the hallways of our church, for example, and there are hundreds of people milling around, and there's all the chatter around, I could pick out mm-hmm. Flavio's voice from a crowd because my ear has been trained to yeah. hear, because my heart knows his voice. Mm. And so it is with God. He wants to lead us. Scripture says uh, a promise. You will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way walk in it. How many of us long to hear God's voice? How many of us long to become aware of his presence at work in us and within us? It happens here Mm. in rest in stillness. And then it carries out throughout our day. Mm. And it's, 
And it's an, like you said, it's an invitation for us to not have to have it all figured out all the time. I think we come into prayer sometimes thinking it's a, it's a performance. Maybe I've felt that way in the past. It may not be the case for everyone who's listening, but this invitation to be still is to just know that it's okay that I don't have all the answers. It's okay that I don't know what my next step should be in this particular situation, but that God is not trying to, to make things difficult for us. He's trying to be integrally a part of every single decision we have to make. And yes, we know him through his word and we are word advocates, but we have a mutual friend, Erica Wiggenhorn that spoke at our church last night. And I loved something she said, she said, I want to make sure that are we, do we love the truth? Do we love God's word or do we love the God of his word, meaning do we really want to know him and the way he talks and to listen to how he talks and the more word, you know, then when you are sitting in stillness, you will begin to know if that is his voice, because it will be consistent with his word. It will not be condemning. You'll begin to discern your own voice from the enemy's voice and from God's voice. But that only comes with practice. Like Asherita is saying, a minute, then three minutes and five minutes. And then you're in the middle of a conversation and all of a sudden God can interrupt that and drop something in your spirit. And you'll know that it's from him because you've spent that time developing that practice. We don't have to feel intimidated. We can feel that it's not intimidation. It's an invitation to do this. And I loved your clear definition. This is not emptying of our mind. This is centering our mind. And it's a very different position to be taking to empty it so that I can be exalted and hear, hear my own thoughts and consciousness versus meditating on who God is so that I can know his voice, his word, his character so much clearer. So all of those prompts work together so beautifully. The rest acronym. Asherita, I have a couple of last questions that I, I could talk to you for hours. And you can, guys, you can see how rich she is. And you can hear in her countenance, if whether you're listening or watching, you hear this exhale, you hear this place of her having been with Jesus. Asherita, it's so evident when you talk and just even your pace, it's I feel calmer and just more, not the rush that we tend to find ourselves in. And I'm sure you're human and we all have our moments that we get kind of rushed and ahead of God, but the more we will practice this, the more we will be able to quickly return to the place of rest that God is calling us to in, instead of the place of constant striving and struggle. But you use a lot of biblical scripture you use the names of God. You talk about how important that is. And you have a brand new resource that just came out that leans more heavily into the names of God. So I don't want to end this in a minute or two and not have mentioned that. So talk about that new resource for a second. Yeah. So, you know, for the past uh, eight years, I've been ministering to women and inviting women to enjoy Jesus through creative Bible habits. Um, but so many of my readers have said, okay, but what about our kids? Like, how do we invite our children into this? How do we uh, spread a feast for them to, to come and be with Jesus? Mm. Um, and one of the books that I've written a few years ago, that's been a resource for families is called unwrapping the names of Jesus. It's an Advent devotional. It goes through Jesus's names. Um, it's sold over a hundred thousand copies, which wow. to me says a hundred thousand families that are meditating on Jesus's names together, worshiping him, um, teaching their kids rich theological truths. Mm. Uh, but we wanted to make it more accessible for younger readers. And so this fall, we released Unwrapping the Names of Jesus for Kids. Mm. It is a picture book that follows a little girl who is a disciple of Jesus, whose mm. parents follow Jesus. And so she gets to see Jesus' uh, ministry and his miracles, and she gets to interact with him. But all of it is from a child's perspective. Oh, How that. would a little girl who's afraid of the dark mm. interact with the light of the world? 
Mm. or someone who is hungry and, mm. and her tummy is literally growling, mm. uh, what would it be like to receive the bread of life mm. and the multiplication of the bread and the fish? Yeah. And so this uh, book is framed by this little girl who has now grown up and she's at telling a bedtime story to her own children mm. about the day that she met Jesus. Mm. And um, it is my hope that as families use unwrapping the names of Jesus for kids, that they would be empowered to tell their own Jesus story mm. to the next generation, that they would share how Jesus has been uh, the King of Kings in their own life, how he's been their good shepherd, because Stories of God's faithfulness die every generation Ooh. when we do not pass it on so mm. that they would know the one who is still alive and active, the one who is still working miracles in yes. our world today. Mm, that's so good. In fact, uh, we don't have a whole lot of time to lean into this, but that reminds me of something you say in the book that we suffer from soul amnesia that we so quickly forget what God has done. And as you just said, we don't pass it on to the next generation. When we do that, even from one day to the next, we forget what God did for us a couple of days ago. So before we wrap up, is there anything else you'd want to add beyond so much wisdom you've given us today of ways that we can be sure that we're combating that soul amnesia that we can so easily allow to erode, you know, our walk with the Lord. Yeah. I'm, if you're just starting out, it doesn't have to be complicated. I mean, I know we talked here for a long time about what yeah. this looks like, uh, but I would just encourage you to start small. Yeah. Um, if you can get a copy of the book, that's great, but you don't need it. Oh. Uh, you can use this rest framework with scripture. Uh, I, I believe so firmly in the power of praying God's word mm. um, as we root our, our lives and our prayers, our identities on who he is and what he has done, um, that brings that sense of rest and that joy and that peace into our lives. So start small, start with one verse, <laughs> pray yeah. through that one verse, um, and, and make time to be with God, uh, because he promises you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. I will be found by you Amen. says the Lord. Amen. And she was so gracious to say, you don't need it, but I would encourage you go get it, go get the book prayers of rest and the brand new book that's coming out for kids and families right in time for the holidays too, and helping them to unwrap this gift, that prayer and a relationship with Jesus. This is not a religion. This is a relationship. And Asherita is giving us a template through these prayer prompts to just know Jesus more, to know the Holy Spirit's work in our life to know how much the father loves us. So Ashrita, where do you want people to go to connect with you, get copies of your resources and so many ways that you're serving women? Yeah. Well, if you want to learn more about prayers of rest, um, you can go to prayersofrest.com. The book is there. There's a prayer journal. There's a podcast. If you like Angela, feel like I could put you to sleep. Um, <laughs> I didn't do that at all. No, I, we do. We have listeners who it's listen soothing. to the prayers of rest podcast yes. at night because they have insomnia oh. and this helps them fall to sleep praying God's word. Oh, wow. um, and that's, that's a compliment. So wow. take it that way. But all of that is at prayersofrest.com. And then if this last resource for kids um, is something that has interested you as a listener, you can go to unwrappingthenames.com. And there you can find the children's book, the Advent devotional. We have a free family discussion guide, coloring ornaments for kids. Like mm. my heart is to resource yeah. you, to help you enjoy Jesus through creative habits. And so I hope that as listeners, you avail yourselves of those. I love that. And I'll put her website in my show notes, which is asherita.com. So if you forget any of that, or you didn't get to jot that down, start there. You'll find her father on Instagram. She's active there and there's so much encouragement and she's going to pray over us in just a moment. And uh, my soul is ready in a posture of receiving um, this prayer over our hearts today, Ashley. But before we do, I like to ask one last question of all my guests. It's obvious that you're deeply rooted in the word. And so I would love to know other than Jesus, who has in the Bible has most inspired you to make life matter? You know, as I was thinking about this, um, so many people come to mind, but, <laughs> uh, the, the one that I'm thinking about these days is David. 
Mm. Um, in that he was not a perfect person. Um, he struggled with sin in big ways and yet he had a heart after God. Mm. Um, And I love in his Psalms, how he's just so honest with God. He tells God the the hard, he tells God like his most hateful thoughts Mm. and he's like, crush them, God. And then he's like, well, maybe search my heart. See if maybe, (laughs) (laughs) maybe I should be thinking differently. But, but I just love how David models for us just that open, honest communication with God. And that has served me so well over the past few years of, of learning to have those same conversations in my own life too. Oh, I love that. Yeah. He's such a great model of, we don't have to just have it all together when we come to God, just, just talk to him. I mean, really everything that Ashrita has outlined today is just talk to God. He wants to hear from you and he wants to talk to you. And she's just giving us tools to help us in the busy, distracted, uh, you know, oversaturated, noisy culture that we live in, how we can so easily uh, let prayer become a a byword that, that this can be a natural everyday rhythm of our life. And it's what God has called us to, not just because he's up there saying, you need to pray X amount of minutes. He's saying, I I long to, to know you and to be known by you. And that's going to best happen through prayer and our in tandem in partnership with the word. And so thank you, Asherita. Thank you for the way uh, your life matters for the kingdom and how you're helping us to make life matter and to make life make sense when it doesn't make sense. Prayer helps life to make sense because God is unchanging and his character is unchanging. So thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us. And I would love for you to just pray over us and our listeners today as we close our time together. I'd love to do that. And I want to share this prayer of rest from the book. This is on page 70. Um, and it's from Acts 4, verse 13, or verses, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Mm. So let's begin by reciting God's goodness. Lord God, we praise you. Because you are continuing to work in the world. You are equipping and empowering your church to declare you, to be with you, to be Jesus to those who need you most. God, you are living and you are active through your spirit. And we praise you for the way that you are moving. God, we want to be a part of what you're doing, but we realize our need to be with you, Mm. to spend time with you. And we confess that that's hard sometimes. There's so many things competing for our attention. Uh, God, we admit that sometimes prayer and Bible reading just feels boring. (laughs) It feels lifeless. If we're honest, uh, I think some of us would admit that it feels like a waste of time because we don't see answers to prayer. We don't feel discoveries in your word. And so God, we ask that you would change our hearts, that you would stir in us a hunger for your word, that you would stir in us a thirst for your presence. God, we surrender our lives completely to you. We abandon our own selfish ambitions. We set aside our own empty goals. God, we want to know Jesus more. We want to make him known to this generation. So God, even though we are ordinary people, you are an extraordinary God. And so we trust you to work in our lives. We trust you to continue calling us to yourself, to rest with you. We trust you that you will be faithful to complete the good work that you started. And so may Jesus be magnified in our lives and all we do and say, we love you too, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for joining the conversation. If you've been inspired to make life matter, share a review and subscribe at cpnshows.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Connect with me at angeladonadio.com, Facebook at Angela Donatio VOV, and Instagram at Angela Donatio. Until next week, let's make life matter.